0: Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of Play, Paul's Turn. This show is a shorter episode. Um, It involves myself, John and Bobby. And we recorded um, live whilst visiting uh, the BFI IMAX cinema in London, where we went to see Denis Villeneuve's new film, Dune. So you'll hear the audio quality change after this intro, um, because we recorded this whilst we were at the cinema. um, Before and after, in fact. So what you'll hear is our very, very first thoughts and feelings about the film um we will be following this up in our, in our podcast with the rest of the crew but uh hope you enjoy and uh here you go so bobby we are now recording um hello so we're about to go in to see june didn't even june we're at the london imax mm-hmm. we're going to get um, more of the film than most people um you've never spread the books or seen the 84 film have you
1: no, I flicked through the picture book at the library when I was about seven years old and I didn't like the look of it. It made me feel sick, so I never saw the film. <laughs> what made you feel sick? The the, the, the the evil person with all the blisters on his face. That's actually
0: um, interesting because Amy reacted the same way in our watch-along, June watch-along. Yeah, it was disgusting. So Frank Herbert is... <clears throat> the book was obviously written in 65 and he's considered the Tolkien of sci-fi. Now, my, my concern for you going in and I know you're a Denis Villeneuve fan, is um, whether you, th- you think the story is... Just, or the narrative is too inscrutable. So that's what I'm looking to see what you think about afterwards, whether you think the, uh, the film itself uh, makes sense going in. Um, I'm going in looking forward to seeing Zendaya, obviously. How old is she? I don't care. She's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, when the uh, a friend of mine was at the um, premiere this week in Leicester Square... And apparently, there were a lot of sort of 16 year old girls screaming, Chalamet, Chalamet. Um, I've not really seen Timothy Chalamet in anything. We're oh, we're being called in. We're being called in, we'll have to stop here. But um, well, I'm interested to see what he's like as a Paul Atreides. Um, okay, uh, we'll let you know more after the film.
1: By the way, our popcorns at Odeon are massive, massive. and Massive. Much better than they are at Bloody View, you stingy b- bigger than your head. Yeah. yeah. All right, anyway. In we go. In we go.
0: Okay Bobby So we're, at, we're in the cinema now
1: um, We and, are and The uh, film is starting in what, about five minutes With The trailers yeah. Which I love so It's probably going to be My favourite part
0: <laughs> So uh, um, I think you've got to uh, You've got to just Appreciate the The, the vistas That's what I call them The Vilner vistas mm-hmm. uh, Having seen uh, yeah, um, Arrival And Blade Runner 2049 What Villeneuve really excels at Is Setting the scene And I think there's going to be A lot of world building In this one um, but I'd be interested to see what you think. Is. First of all, if you understand the film, and understand what's going on. Um,
1: God, there's so many stars in it. Javier yeah, Bardem. you've got Javier
0: Bardem, you've got Jason Momoa.
1: I mean, so basically, we're in the IMAX, and it is a massive screen. A screen. And the screen is humongous, amazing, and they've got like it's laser
0: projection. This one, yeah. so it's it the so highest quality. Like,
1: posters of every single actor flashing up, and then little quotes from the director and it just all looks oh my god Rebecca Ferguson's in it yeah well you can see also
0: lit up behind the screen are speakers they have speakers built in actually to the screen itself as well as all the speakers around the cinema because it's a Dolby uh, experience as well Um, oh there's an advert for Eternals we should come and see that as well shouldn't we definitely want to see that we're going to have to get out of the way sorry hold on um, okay, so... don't put his wine gums in the wrong place. Oh, I put the, you, you never want to put the wine gums in the wrong place, do you, really? Um, so, for me, half of the experience here is seeing how you react to the film. That's what I'm really excited about, actually. Um, I think I'm mainly just going to be in awe of the, the spectacle. Cinematography. Mm. Mm. But I'm stealing myself for the fact it's not got an ending. It's going to be halfway through. That's what I'm really... You've got to be aware of that. It's it's not going to finish on a conclusion. Anyway, we're going to watch the film uh, and we're going to feed back afterwards.
1: So, John and I have just come out of the screen at the BFI in London to see uh, where we saw June um, and broke our backs in the (laughs) process.
0: So their seats weren't as comfortable as I'm used to, actually.
1: Yeah, they were not comfortable. They were not recliners as well, but
0: amazing cinema
1: yeah absolutely incredible the screen the audio everything was yeah yeah, absolutely i think if you can if you if you don't come to the bfi go and see it on the biggest screen that you possibly can it's definitely a film that deserves that visually it was amazing i'm quite interested in finding out from you probably because let's
0: let's talk about our heritage here so i'm um I'm gonna be a little bit biased in my opinion of this film, obviously, because I'm a big mm-hmm. fan, a big Albert fan. Um, I've read all the books. Uh, I've seen Lynch's film uh, dozens of times. Um, but I'd be interested to see how you, as a, you know, a fresh pair of eyes, felt about the film. Please don't worry about hurting my feelings. I want to be as honest as possible. I find it really interesting to see a different point of view on this. What did you think overall?
1: Well, just in case, because I'm not sure where this will actually end up in the main podcast episode, but spoiler alert. Oh, yes. Um, And if you haven't seen the film, then switch off and uh, go and watch it and then come back to us. Um, So, yeah. So I think, as I said in our little preamble before we went into the screen, that I had no expectations whatsoever. Never been interested in the original which came out around the same time as Return of the Jedi, so I was completely stoles, invested, and not interested in anything else. Um, and I've come out of this, actually. I can't wait for part two. Oh, 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 <laughs> I'm quite relieved. <laughs> um, the running time was long. It was
0: it was just under three hours, I think, with the trailers and things beforehand. So it's, it's quite a
1: marathon, especially if you haven't got much leg room. Um, and you've got someone kicking you in the back as well. So whoever was in cave... No, sorry K J-K L, L, L-30 whoever's, whoever's in L-30 if you're ever listening to this podcast which you're probably on next time I see you I'm going to kill you with a Chris knife
0: yes um, so uh, you know it, I, I thought it was very much it had your nerves uh, fingerprints all over it um, it's not a it's not a a fast paced film this film it's, it's it's pace is quite slow but I think that's honouring the style of the story in the books. Um, But it gives you time to take in just the design of the film, which is stunning. Yeah. um, How they did this during the pandemic? Was it filmed during the pandemic?
1: Uh, I don't know. I'm definitely going to be looking that up ahead of uh, recording our main episode. I mean, there was so some, we'll have
0: some facts for There were I mean, definitely... I mean, there's a lot of uh, characters wearing masks for the film. So, you know, towards the end of it, the um, film. So um, this, this film, which is part one, and we went in knowing that. I think that's really important that you go into it, knowing that, because um, it's not a complete story. Um, it is kind of a lot of world-building, I think. Um, now, inevitably, anybody who watches this who's seen the Lynch film will, will compare. And I was... Comparing this film but I was also comparing it to the TV series that came out in the early thousands uh, with William Hurt as Chief Lito. and actually the, <laughs> the Denis Villeneuve film is more faithful to the TV series which in itself was more faithful to the books um, Lynch chopped off a lot of facts when he filmed uh, his version of the film but actually I, I think um, for the benefit of newcomers like you'll be here I think this was a much better job of introducing the story. Now, there were very, if any, times where Bobby would turn to me and go, Huh? What's going on? Which is a good sign, isn't it?
1: Yeah, very. I think they did a really, really good job with the world building. Mm. Um, And I think the film, I have got no complaints about the runtime because I think it needed to be that long to, you know, Mm. he really, really gave the characters a chance to breathe, to get you invested in them. You know, I was very, very upset when certain people got offed. Um, And uh, yeah, it was I mean, you know, the fact that I could actually follow the plot and I knew exactly what was going on is, is again, testament to just the great job that the script writers did and Dennis Villeneuve Mm. did. His visual style is there through the whole thing. I mean, you know, if you walked in and you didn't know what was showing and you just blinked for a second, you know, if you caught some of the beasters over the sound genes mm. you could have thought that you'd walked into Blade Runner 2049 yeah. Or,
0: I mean there was a, there was a certain amount of um, sort of foggy light wasn't there yeah, which is quite a, a hallmark of Denis Villeneuve um, but, but again it was very appropriate you're on a planet covered in, du- in sand and dust mm. um, well, I thought that was really it, you know I'm, I have a lot of um, ownership over, over the Lynch film it's beloved of me, basically. But I actually, I felt I felt like um, this was a tune I could go on with, you know. Mm. I'd um,
1: be curious to know what you thought of the cast, because obviously there were one or two characters where they sort of changed the sex and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. So in comparison to the original version, what did you think of the cast characters... Um, well, obviously, the, the the most obvious one is Lea Klein,
0: who is played by a female uh, act, actor in this film. And again, right now we don't have um,
1: Alex here to fact check for us. No, we don't. We don't. Also,
0: don't have um, you know a cast list or a IMDb page. We're sitting here with some bakewell tarts. So um, and lemon drizzle. And a lemon drizzle. So um, yeah, I, um, I I think uh, Oscar. Uh, Isaac, Oscar, Isaac Oscar Oscar Isaac Poe Dameron yeah Oscar Isaac I thought he was a very very good Duke Um I think he definitely led. The, you know, you know, had the gravitas flat that role I was you know I, t- I, t- I, t- I was most surprised by what I thought it was going to be um, a bit of a
1: dance was Timothy Chalamet actually
0: I don't think I've seen a film with
1: him in before I think I have I think I've seen a Woody Allen film with him in right but I don't know if I actually have or if I'm just thinking he would be good in a Woody Allen film I'm sure I've seen a Woody was Allen he,
0: film was he in Fifty Shades was that what he's become famous for No. Fifty Shades of what Grey oh <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, later on I'd like you to tell me what you were thinking I was thinking um, yeah. he's, he's, I think he's also uh, in the upcoming uh, Where's Anderson film as well the French host the French Dispatch as well yeah, is it it the looks- French Dispatch
1: we're just looking up what else he's been in um, Call Me By Your Name oh yes Lady little Bird women, yes. Beautiful Boy that's Little Women film. yeah he's um, got a he's
0: actually got quite a good um, uh, filmography actually uh, yeah, the A Rainy
1: Day in New York that's uh, it I've, I've seen that but he, I don't remember it it's uh, uh, a Woody Allen film yeah, that's uh, where I've seen him the
0: the uh, the, uh, the French Dispatch he's going to be in as well which is a Wes Anderson film I think it is it's a severelli there but um, yeah no, Timothy Chalamet I thought was very good actually and I, there was one line in it, and obviously, June um, fans will know these lines. I mean, I, I was physically restraining myself from saying the lines before they said them because, um, again, a lot of the dialogue from the book was in the film, so I. I, I knew it's, I knew certain characters were going to get off, so I was waiting for that as well. Is
1: Dune yeah. to you what Star Wars, the original Star Wars trilogy is to me, where nobody can watch the original Star Wars trilogy without me actually miming the yes. entire script? Yes, yes, yes.
0: I mean, you have to remember that Dune was a massive influence to uh, George Lucas. Mm. His idea of tattooing came from Arrakis, uh, the Force came from the voice, as obviously he read the book in the early 60s when it was first published. Um, and you'll, this, this, this is the challenge that Denis Villeneuve has is that so many of the current sci-fi tropes in films that you see now come from Dune the, the novel uh, and the danger is of course with this new film of being lo- lo- looking like you're a little bit um, you know, um, I know what's the I'm looking for um, derivative mm. despite that the actual film is based on the the most um, you know original material uh, and I think he did a very good job and I think one of the things that he was very careful about was not making Star Wars. Uh, there was one scene in particular I thought, sudden, I, I just had a little a little um, pang of, oh my goodness me. Uh, and they play down the whole role of, of space travel in this completely. So in Star Wars there's a lot of exterior shots of spaceships mm. and lots of flying through the stars. Now, with this, the the movement from one planet to the next was, was almost glossed over, wasn't it? You had the, the large... Yeah, I mean, they the large... had that
1: kind of large sort of toilet roll thing that yeah. was outside the planet and then all the ships came out of it. So I imagine that was like the warp drive or Yeah, well, in,
0: in, in the novel, there's a lot more emphasis placed on the, the guild, the spacing guild, and the navigators who um, consume the spice and it mutates them and they can see... They can fold space, essentially. as described in the books. Um, with this, sort of, they, like they went through one end of this, this toilet roll Caledon and came out the other end at Arrakis, and I quite like that because it it, um, it made it very quick and almost almost kind of like this is normal. also yeah there wasn't yeah?
1: I mean they touched on the fact that the spice was used for interstellar travel yeah and again it's that whole thing about not insulting the audience by explaining too much mm. we know that they're going to have to use some sort of. Um, gate or you know interstellar style folding yeah, space yeah, yeah. to make two points closer together to get through but you know you kind of figure that's what's got to happen and I think also you know anyone who goes into this movie who hasn't seen Star Wars who hasn't seen any other movie about space and travel and so on you know I mean what the hell are you doing there in the first place really so yeah there was no need for them to dwell on it at all
0: I thought, I did think though that the the way they portrayed space and the planets and the very brief glimpses of craft was almost like um, you were looking at an oil painting. The design was, it was utterly beautiful, but it was not, a lot, a lot of the, the craft, you couldn't really discern what they were. It was a, a lot of um, silhouettes and mm. dark shadows. And again, I thought that was really clever. It's quite a dark film, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah. There were some sequences that actually, I mean, like when they, when they get attacked, um, and that was all pretty much in the shadows mm. and in the dark. <coughs> then it retains some of that kind of... Um, sort of realism there, and it actually draws you in even more, and the sense of perils very heightened. I mean, you and I, I, I noticed you were doing it as well. We were, in, uh, like, sitting forward in our seats yeah. quite a lot. I mean, to be honest, an hour before the end, we were just shifting around. So, because so, so much
0: pain. <laughs> we were in
1: so, so much Old pain. it and was unbelievable. <laughs> yes, the... Um,
0: the I mean again a very iconic scene in both the book, the film the TV series was um, Lady Jessica and Paul running from a Sandworm that discovers them after they've um, escaped the Harkons. Um And that was almost completely dark, but it, you believed it was happening at sort of mo- in moonlight, and it was we were lucky to see it in a really good cinema, so we could see it. I think some cinemas might not handle that scene very well.
1: Yeah, I think also if, if you're not gonna if you're gonna skip the cinema because you're still worried about COVID and so on, fair which enough. we totally respect, yeah. it's fair enough, it, but it would just be a tragic shame. So put a still suit on, yep. protect yourself as much as you can and go see it on a big, big screen, or choose a screening where it's gonna be very, very quiet. Like, go to sleep during the day and go at one in the morning or something. Like, Honestly, I'm I'm gonna start infusing more and more about this film the more it settles in, and I can't wait to see it again. Yep without, you know, sort of the first time for me was like almost look of wonder and spectacle. But then at the same time I was fully engaged in the story as well. Anyway, it's got to be seen on the big screen. You cannot just wait for this to come out on telly, really.
0: Um, I mean, I think the benefit of watching it at home will be maybe um, 4K HDR, seeing some of that detail. Um, I think that's really important as well, is that we all convince people to go and see it, because part of the intrigue of this film, is of course as of yet there is no sequel and there's no sequel planned and they're looking I think Warner are looking very much Warner Brothers are looking very much at how it does in at the cinema um,
1: yeah now, so we don't
0: have Alex to do numbers here for us but I, I, I got. know f-
1: we have uh, so the box office as dead. of today is 147 million dollars it's done and it's been out since 22nd Friday 21st
0: yeah so that's not bad, is it? I mean, I think. Um, what was the other big landmark film that came out that's first day take Is, is it Bond? Uh, it was Bond. Uh, so Bond, let's have a quick look. little comparison. But I mean, 100, let's say 150 million in, in two or three days. Considering that they're also showing it on HBO Max, mm. uh, which I think is just the States at the
1: moment. So no time to die. Um, 525 million is Uh, the box office take to date, date. for no time to die.
0: Well, that's been out for about a month now, is it? Yeah, I
1: think if it hadn't been for the pandemic, I think that would have been the... Similar, yeah. I think it would have been in billion dollar territory, for sure.
0: Um, I think it's very encouraging, but I think unless people go and see it now, and its first three weeks is the the, the make or break period, we won't see a sequel now. If we don't see a sequel, um,
1: I'm going to be extremely upset. I'm going to be really pissed off. <laughs> By the way, I just want to interject and just say yeah. this is Playpool's turn history because this is the first time two of us have actually been physically in the same space as yeah. each other recording. Yeah. Although Mark and I have obviously met before, and I've met Alex before, but um, but yeah, this is the first time that John and I have actually met face to face. Circle's complete. Yes, the circle is complete, and it also means he can molest me for real, not just on <laughs> webcam anymore. Well, I
0: kept my hands to myself in the film, Bobby. You've Despite. Disappointed. Done...
1: <laughs> Despite... <laughs> Despite... <laughs> I was so disappointed. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, it, I could yeah. have done with a massage. Oh, yeah, <laughs> two hours in. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this is, uh, and you know, it's. Uh, we were very, very excited about yeah. it, and uh, yeah, I'm very, very happy to be with John today for this uh, monumental film. Yeah. Now, um,
0: this will come to VOD. This will come to Blu-ray, and DVD. Uh, obviously, I always need to ask people this: Would you buy this when it comes out on VOD, DVD, Blu-ray? Would this be? Is a film you buy normally? Or are you going to wait until it gets gets you know onto the streaming streaming services for free?
1: I think I would buy it, on but, but then I don't. I think I would end up buying it, but not watching it until I was able to see it on at least a hundred inch screen at yep. home, on a projector or something. I wonder because I did this with um,
0: Kill Bill, because Kill Bill was originally filmed a four hour film, and then the producers didn't like the length and broke it too. I wonder if they will release. Both parts eventually, like a mega cut of duty. Yeah, and I, and I think that would be the way I'd like to see him buy it. Um, I have to make sure I had a masseur on hand uh, for the, you know, the bed, bed, bed pains. <laughs> but um, you know, we got to the stage. I mean, we, the end of the film. The film is written to kind of bookend the um, introduction of Paul into the Fremen. And actually, interestingly, um, when, when we sat down in the cinema, a lady came and sat next to us, obviously, and um, she asked us, we asked, she knew we, we looked like June experts. Well, I mean,
1: you did. She completely ignored me. Yeah. But.
0: <laughs> um, but she said, you know, I'm, I'm reading the book. I've only read about two-thirds of the way in. Do you think it would be OK to watch this without spoilers? And I said, I don't know. I've not seen it. But I imagine, knowing the story, that once they get to the stage where Paul is in with the Fremen, and that would be where they... And it's exactly where they stopped him. Now, I think... I'm trying to remember the comment you made at the end. Was it, was it off goes Mr. Frodo and Bilbo into the, into the distance? Because it's kind of... It reminded no, no, me...
1: I it, didn't. It, I said, yeah. now Zendaya's giving him the sexy look. Oh, yes. The whole way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she um, wasn't really in it much. She was just in no, the dream sequences. Uh, but. Zendaya
0: plays Charney, which you see a lot in, like you say, in um, Paul's visions, his Spice visions. But... Um, she does feature a lot in the novel, um, so we'll see more of her if they make another film. We always have to say this because we don't know. Warner Brothers were dropping some rather interesting tweets over the last couple of days, saying
1: they're pretty certain that the second film will be auctioned um, I'm just gonna, I'm just having a look to see <laughs> if there's any news on that. But um,
0: it, it was a, a really I think people some people have complained about uh, it's only half a film. I think they chose wisely to end it there and it's a very it's a very uh, up, upbeat ending I think in some respects um, and, and the book does separate between the two stories of the Paul coming to Arrakis and finding his feet in, in the, uh, the new order of you know the Harkonnens who are no longer there and him introducing himself to the Fremen um, so I think the next film will work really well um, question is and again, I've seen the TV series... There's a second TV series, uh, which is called Children of Dune. I won't go too much depth to that, but there is actually uh, a, you know, several books in the uh, Frank Herbert series, and I think his son wrote some as well after Frank Herbert's death. Um, would you be interested in seeing the story continue, even after the end of Dune, or is it, is it too early for you to tell, not knowing what's going on?
1: I think it's too early for me. Yeah. I think it's still not, you know, the kind of thing that... I feel like I'm going to get really in depth into because I, I, I've been asking myself these questions you know would you read would you go now and have a look at the TV series from the early 2000s would you go and watch the 1984 film would you read the original novel that I might actually do no yeah yeah but it's,
0: it's it's been on sale for like 99p on Kindle for the last couple of weeks you know ah, it's okay. a good time to buy it yeah um,
1: my, I mean, you know, Caroline has read the book, so yeah. she was very disappointed when she found out I was going with John to see it today. So I am definitely going to be seeing this film this week. So I, the first thing I need to do when I get home is actually pick a night and book yeah. tickets yeah. so that she can go and see it. But I think I need to wait for part two and then... Oh uh, yeah,
0: I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch the film or TV series because I think uh, that would be a weird situation for you to be in, really. Uh, someone who's, uh, who's... I've seen the, the original film at least 20 times, at least... I think for me it's fine but i think for you yeah. you'd appreciate it more holding so, back and waiting
1: so i've just seen here that they have released it simultaneously on hbo max right. for one month mm-hmm. and dennis villeneuve is super pissed off about it which which i would be yeah i think um i think, they all, are. I think all filmmakers are at the moment yeah and uh, obviously the studio legendary are very disappointed with that move as well um, and I agree with them that a film of this guy i think they should have shown it in cinemas and given it a chance for three to four weeks, and yep. then maybe let it go on HBO Max. But
0: I think the situation in Europe is different to the states, though, Bobby. I think in the, in the states, um, a lot less people are still going to the cinemas. They're still worried about COVID.
1: Yeah, actually, I've heard that there are curfews as well. Like yeah. even you know, New York, and anyone listening from New York, correct me if I'm wrong, but. Um, uh, you know you can kind of go out to restaurants and stuff but at 10 o'clock everything kind of shuts down so it's still kind of
0: so I think that's why they're recouping that loss but I think um, what has been the present in a lot of the uh, marketing material is best seen at the cinema now again we'll go back to what we said at the beginning of this is I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't want to watch this film on streaming first unless like you say you have your own home cinema projector 100 inch screen minimum the first viewing absolutely, this and you film. need
1: you need an amazing sound system yeah. like you need Dol- Dolby Atmos or some sort of Steinway and Lindorf setup or whatever. But yeah, don't trash the um, uh, don't. There's a very awkward plug for my podcast, um, <laughs> it's never awkward, uh, but um, well, there's
0: a scene in the film, isn't there, with the Ornith boxes. The ornithopters are the, they look like dragonflies and actually much more true to the description of the novels than you see in any of the films or TV series. Uh, they really made me happy, because they're exactly as I imagined them. Oh, do you
1: mean they're those things like a much better version of an Imperial probe droid, the thing that goes and kills people? No, that's
0: the Hunter Seeker. Oh, oh yeah. The Hunter Seeker was this drone that could assass- assassinate people.
1: Sorry, so what are you talking the about? The
0: Ornithopters were the helicopters. Oh, the helicopters. But they're yeah, like dragonflies. Yeah, with dragon the wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah which so are frankly. totally unsuited for life in yeah, the desert. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Too many moving parts, but... <laughs> yeah. but um, uh, in 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 some respect that that works though because the uh, the presence of House Atreides House Harkonnen or Harkonnen as they keep saying in American which I hate, hated but you know, I could be wrong it could be, it could be Harkonnen but I'd always imagine it's Harkonnen well, I digress it, the Ornithopters as you say not being suited to the sand it, it is totally appropriate to the story because they shouldn't be there there it's, it's it's basically an empire it's an imperial mm-hmm. story isn't it really yeah um, and the fact that later come to Arrakis to make peace with the Fremen is why it's such an important change over for them. Um, so I think those ornithopters were brilliant, um, but what I was going to go back and say about the sound systems was those ornithopters, the base of those things flying, Yeah, we could feel like the vibrations through our guts, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good impersonation probably. Um <laughs> So if you're watching at home I don't think you'll get that appreciation. Uh, what did you think of um, Hans Zimmer's soundtrack?
1: It was great I mean look Hans is I don't think he's ever done anything that was bad um, I thought it was great he actually Oh, you told me before the movie started that he turned down Tenet well, actually, to I, do yeah, this I think
0: that well, I mentioned that but also what's really nice about the BFI IMAX where we're recording this right now is they have someone coming one of the employees comes in one of the um, Tellers comes in. And she actually told. Oh, I know she said that. That was, that was lovely, wasn't it? Though? Yeah, yeah, it was really, really That's nice. That's to like why you get the Everyman cinemas. or a bit more, you know, of a of experience. Yeah. So, so she came in and said, you know, this is the best way to see it, and we hope you enjoy the amazing screen. But also, yeah, don't even all know. Sorry, Hans Zimmer turned down um, doing Tenet. the it Tenet?
1: He, Tenet Yeah, because he normally works with Christopher Nolan. That's right. Yeah. Um, but he turned down Tenet to do Gene, uh, which was filming at the same time, or in production at the same yeah, time. Yeah. Um speaking of 10, there were
0: just a couple of times in that film where I couldn't hear what was going on. Yeah. Um and I wonder if it, for me, it, didn't, it didn't it irritate no, no, it didn't irritate
1: me in any way. It was just kind of like it was what it was. Whereas you know something like Interstellar yeah. was really super it's irritating. The American all Mumble, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. And even in Tenet as well. I mean, it, it's only now having watched it with, with subtitles. I own it, yeah, with <laughs> subtitles that like, I actually get what the frick was going on in that bloody movie. But um, for this, it, no, was, right. it was very Sussful. subtle and appropriate as well. I think it the didn't times. I think
0: the times when it happened were generally during.
1: Um, the all the vi- well, going on, yeah, or um,
0: like uh, Paul's visions, mm. where you were meant to be kind of surrounded by these. Discon- it was almost the sounds were there to disconcert you, so you felt like Paul, like what's going on? Like, I to, make sense. I have sense to say, to- actually,
1: the the, the the first full vision he had that went on for a little while, where he was kind of sat on the edge of the bed and his mum was leaning before yeah. him. You remember that scene? Yeah, yeah. I, when he started having that vision, I got so into it from his point of yeah, view. Yeah, yeah. That when it came out of the vision back into the room, you were like, I was, I was exactly the same, yeah. I yeah. was like, oh shit, that was a visit.
0: V- so it was almost meditative, wasn't it,
1: really? Meditative. Yeah. Which is very clever. Yeah, very, very well done, I have to say.
0: So the the, the the lady who introduced it in the BFI IMAX, one thing she did say is she thinks this will get some Oscars. No? She's, I remember you were reacting the same way when she said it. She actually said, this film's gonna get a couple of Oscars. Oh, yeah, 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 remember? yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, sorry. Um,
0: I think design or cinematography will definitely be up in the running and probably sound design as I well. I think sound
1: it will it'll definitely sound is amazing. I don't think there'll be any best acting Oscars for it. Um, no. Can you think of... I mean,
0: the acting was solid. You know, I was, there was no... Again, I mean, when you watch the TV series, there's one particular actor who plays uh, Gurney who cannot... Sadly, a very famous actor... Who's in Lockstock and other films later on in his life, but he's quite young in this. He cannot act for his life, and it's so grating. But here, I thought every character really fleshed out their role really well. Um, Javier Bardem, which you don't see much of in this film, do you? I think he was definitely channelling a little bit of his inner Oliver Reeve. What do you think?
1: Actually, yeah, <laughs> looked you're exactly right. He Oliver Reeve, didn't yeah, he? yeah, he did, totally. But
0: again... His countenance, his accent, his manner, really suited yeah. the character of Stilgar. And uh, Everett, Everett McGill, who plays Stilgar in the Lynchian film, was excellent. And again, t- hard, you know, tough act to follow, but I thought um, Javier Bardem did a really good job. He actually looks visually more like the TV series Stilgar, which is really interesting mm-hmm. as well. Um, it, it, for me, I, I know what's going to happen, and it's really interesting to see what they're going to deal with having this with Stilgar and um, the rest of the Fremen.
1: Yeah, see I've got no clue, so I'm just going to wait for them to make this damn thing and, and for it to come out in three years time or whenever. Uh, are we... Are we <laughs> it's going to be a while, isn't it? Well, yeah. hof-
0: hopefully um, the filming process for the next years will get easier. Even if we're still, you know, post-pandemic distancing, the, the, the processes are now in place, aren't they? So, you know, it should get easier, but... Um,
1: Unless Villeneuve just kept everyone there for another three, four months and I actually did part two. No, I know. I think... It was <laughs> no, just, they just haven't the budget. They haven't no, 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 no. budget for it.
0: Um, I think, uh, again, if you can look at it, I think it cost £165 million to make. I think. And obviously, that doesn't mm. actually... that going to fact check for me. But obviously, that's not in, uh, included the marketing budget. Um, but if it costs £165 million to make... Um, and it's made 150 million in this first few days deadline um, hollywood reported that yeah. a
1: total box office gross of 300 million dollars the combined cost of production and marketing yeah. will make many happy from an image standpoint even yeah. if break even is far north of that and today so it's done as of 24th of october which is to Yesterday, yeah, Yesterday. Yep. Um, it's grossed a worldwide total of two hundred and twenty million. So it's only what
0: two or three days. So it's gonna, it's going to make its money.
1: Yeah. So it it should make its money and then some. Yeah. Um, so it remains a bit. I think Bond is the fifth highest grossing film of twenty twenty one so far. These are the post pandemic films, aren't they? Really? Yeah. That's what we used to call them, really. So um, so yeah so we'll we'll see how it goes but I mean it's getting rave reviews um, at the moment it holds an eighty three percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes I really want to know yep. on RT who didn't like it yeah weirdos I mean there are a few people um, I think a
0: lot I think a, a, some of the reviews have said that the uh, the world building world well, world building is good but not very much happens and I, I would tend to disagree with that I think the problem is is there are two camps, Bobby. There's the camp of people who are, like me, who are very, very knowledgeable of the story, know what's going to happen and know what this build-up means, and those people who are completely new to the story. And I think that's the problem, is um, much like a lot of the new TV series coming out, is a lot of world-building and setting things up. I think some people just want action, want things to happen straight away. Excuse me, straight away. Um, And I think you've got to give it time. Um, what I'm really excited no, about is this. is
1: a, a spectacular but empty film. A single scene from Lynch's failed version. Kenneth McMillan floating in the air and laughing wickedly is more cinema than this entire let's, movie. Let's
0: talk about the um, Baron Harkonnen this film. I thought he was such a brilliant alternative. So, Freddie, um, Kenneth McMillan plays the original Baron, Baron Harkonnen in the Lynch film. And he is very good in that. Uh, and manic. And you can see the insanity in him. Whereas the one in this film, played by Stellan Skarsgård, was much darker. It's
1: he came, more like a Mafia yeah, boss.
0: Yeah, he came across a bit like Kingpin, wasn't he really? Yeah. He, came, he came across a, a lot more intelligent, with a lot more kind of strategic tactical knowledge of what's going on. He was much more imposing, much more, um, I think much more frightening. Uh, and I think that really fits the role. I mean, in the novels, Baron hock was not a giggling idiot. Um, and what's really gratifying is to see how much the writers have really dug in and understood the story. Because yeah. I think Villeneuve, he he wrote he the book when he was young. Uh, in fact, he read a, 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 an earlier copy, early edition of Dune, which had a, a golden face on the front with his blue eyes, and he was drawn to the face and the blue eyes, the story when he was a child. Which is the face of the Fremen in the sand. So again, I am really hopeful for the next film. I mean, this first film for me was perfect. The only, the only, the only fault I can find in it was my seat in the cinema. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And then, you see, on that basis alone, I wouldn't listen to any, anyone, any critics who've been negative of it because here you've got someone who's seen the original film you know 20 30 40 times has loved it since he was a boy has read the novel has seen the TV series is fully invested in this who absolutely loved it and thought it was I'm great old, completely. yeah and then you've got someone like me that I was not interested in this movie I was not the, the only thing that remotely interested me about it is that Dennis Villeneuve was making it and directing it and I'm a massive fan of his visual style yeah but um, I was if it had gone by in the cinema and I hadn't seen it I wouldn't have been bothered I was not online to try and pre-book tickets for it or anything or watching for the I didn't even realize it had come out last week that's how little vested I was in this but I've come out of it loving it and I can't I really 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 hope that they make a they make part two I can't wait. So, you know, anyone who's sat on the fence about whether to go see this well, or not, it, yeah. you know, see. based on what I've just told you, yeah. get, get your ass in a cinema seat right now and just go see it. Yep. Don't worry about the pandemic, it's not going to last forever. But we respect your choice. <laughs> You're right there, Bobby. Yes. <laughs> <If,
0: stop. laughs> um, uh, I'll say it again. Tell your friends to go and see it, go and see it, because uh, more buzz scenes seats means the sequel will be made. Not sequel, part two. Part two. Um, it's a feast for the eyes. Okay, uh, as I was editing this podcast, uh, a news flash came through from um, Alex, in fact, um, and here's some very, very good news. Um, literally, at time of recording, um, legendary um, studio studio behind June. Um, have announced on Twitter that June Part 2 is a go with Warner Brothers, um, which is really good news. Um, I had just received news from Legendary that we are officially moving forward with June Part 2, says director Denis Villeneuve. It was a dream of mine to adapt Frank Herbert's Dune, and I have the fans, the cast, the crew, Legendary, and Warner Brothers to thank for supporting this dream. This is only the beginning. And they've also released um, a June Part 2 logo. If you follow the Legendary Twitter account, Uh, You can see a picture of it, Um, very exciting news and I am very very happy as I'm sure Bobby will be as well when he sees this.